This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. When you need help or advice, you turn to your parents or a trusted friend for help. So why go outside of Virginia, your home, when you need car insurance? Abra Insurance gives you individual attention and won't turn your way no matter what your driving record looks like. Giving same-day personal service in the state of Virginia for over 30 years. Abra Insurance, 979-0814 is the number. AbraInsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, though, Ballhawk Show? Say one more time. What up, what up, what up, though, Ballhawk Show? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, though? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amar Hawkins, and I thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the latest episode of the Ball Hawk Show podcast. Today's podcast, we will be recapping the University of Virginia versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, recent basketball game that was played on Saturday. Uh, before we get started, appreciate my sponsor, Abra Insurance. Make sure you go to abrainsurance.com. For all your insurance need, home, auto, business, holler at Billy and Charlene White. Friends of the family, dear friends of everybody in the community here in Charlottesville. And that's not just plugging them because um, they're one of my sponsors, but they are truly friends of mine. So if you're in need of insurance and you have questions about points you have on your license and and things of that nature, go holler at Aber Insurance. And also, if you want Shut the Hell Up Juice Apparel. Go to sthujuice.com for all your Shut the Hell Up Juice needs. And if you need a couple of designs that's not on the site that I make personally that you see on my social media sites, just um, direct message me, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter at IamBallHawk, and I definitely take care of you. Um, So let's go ahead and jump right into it oh if you haven't already make sure you subscribe as always it's available on apple Podcasts, itunes blog talk radio podbean spotify youtube and tune in at and google play so various platforms for you to subscribe and follow the ball hawk show podcast so you get an alert anytime i upload a podcast episode i try to upload at least one a day and Anytime UVA has a game Monday through Wednesday, you usually have two podcasts because I do a separate live call-in show every Monday through Wednesday. I shoot for Monday through Wednesday, but lately it's just been Monday and Tuesdays from 530 to 6.30 Eastern Time. Um, you are the analyst of the show. I just moderate it, and I let you you know, talk about the topics that I provide. And if you had another topic that was on your mind sports-related, you can bring that up. So the Ballhawk Show live podcast show fired every Monday, Tuesday, and sometimes Wednesday, 530 Eastern and 630 Eastern. And you can listen live on Blog Talk Radio 
or follow on Twitter, not Twitter, but YouTube and Facebook. So let's recap recap the Wahoos latest victory as they improved to 18 and one, six and one in the ACC as they defeated the fighting Irish of Notre Dame down there in Indianapolis. Um, it was a fun game to watch. Um, if you watched the Cavaliers in their recent game before uh, Notre Dame, which was Wake Forest, you saw that it was a carbon copy. The Wahoos started out fast versus Wake Forest. They, they had a 10-0 run. Wake Forest took a timeout. This game, they jumped out to a 12-0 run uh, before Notre Dame finally scored. And um, they didn't look back. They took the home crowd away from it. Monadier Kite yet again came out being aggressive and scored in double figures. Um, just showing his athleticism, showing his growth, and just showing that when a young man is on the floor and he doesn't have any silly fouls, that he is very viable to this team because he continues to ascend in the positive manner and showing his tools that makes us a truly different dynamic from the previous Tony Bennett teams, um, especially offensively and then defensively because of his rim-protecting prowess and his ability to check on the perimeter and hedge and his athleticism. And Mom Didiakite just demonstrates that when you are an athlete, you could do so many things that you truly can't coach that when you, you may not be fundamentally sound, but your athleticism allows you to just supersede what you are expected to be able to do due to your lack of fundamentals. And it's been fun watching him grow. So some post-game notes for this game before we get into the breakdown and to the stats. Some team notes. Uh, Virginia is now 12-2 all-time versus Notre Dame, including a 7-0 and ACC regular season record. UVA is 5-0 and against the Irish in Notre Dame. Notre Dame has never beaten Virginia at home, and they are the only ACC team that hasn't lost to Notre Dame on their floor. UVA has limited Notre Dame to 58 or fewer points in six of the last eight meetings. Head coach Tony Bennett is 8-1 and one all-time against Notre Dame. As I just, start, just talked about earlier, UVA jumped to a 12-0 lead as Notre Dame missed its first nine field goal attempts. Again, similarly eerie to... Well, it's very similar. I don't want to get into words that I'm like just throw out there. Like that didn't make any sense. But um, again, UVA just influenced Notre Dame to take shots that they no- normally wouldn't take and then contested shots that allowed them or influenced them to miss their first nine field goals. The Cavaliers led 42-25 to at halftime behind 55.9% field goal shooting. UVA is now 32-1 and all-time when scoring 80 or more points under Tony Bennett. And that's an important stat. Everybody all everybody coming into the season, can UVA score? Can UVA score? And the rate in which the Cavaliers have broken the 80-point threshold this year demonstrates that they're totally different beasts from the Tony Bennett teams of the past. So just think about how many times UVA has broke that 80 point threshold and why it is important that when they demonstrate that they can score at that threshold they are 32 and 1. UVA is 5 and 1 in true road games this year and Virginia tied a school record with just two turnovers. So that's a great stat. Some player notes, double figure scores, we have five double figure scores 
just like we did the last game versus Wake Forest. DeAndre Hunter led the way again, 19 points. Cal Guy, 15 points. Ty Jerome, 13 points. Kihei Clark, 12 points. And Momni Diakite had 10 points. Um, Clark had a career-best 12 points. Congratulations to that young man. Cal Guy has a 19-game three-pointer streak and has made two or more three-pointers in each of the past 10 games. Cal Guy moved into a tie for 46 with Momni Diani on UVA's career scoring list with 1,022 points. I didn't even realize Diani scored that many points. Salute to Diani, man. A lot of people like to say Diane. Um, Jerome matched a career high with nine rebounds. Could have had 10 if he wasn't fouled. If you leave it up to Coach Bennett because he got in foul trouble and you leave it up to Ty Jerome, he took him out too early. But <clears throat> he almost had a double-double. So 13 points, nine rebounds for Cal Guy. And Mamni Diakite matched career highs in block shots, which he had four, and rebounds in seven. So while we're talking about stats, let's get into the individual player stats. And we'll start with Mamni Diakite, 4-6 from the field. He was one of one from the three-point line. Very happy that he finally demonstrated that he has the range and he has a nice, solid shot. It looks good. It's fluid. Gets a lot of lift. A nice touch on the ball. It was good to see him hit that three-pointer from the left elbow. Um, seven rebounds, two offensive, 10 total points, four blocks, just one turnover. Also, he did not have a single personal foul. We got to clap it up for Monte Diakite for that. Clap it up in your claws. Clap it up at the dinner table right now. Monte Diakite did not have a single foul. This is a young man who is known to foul in warm-ups because he fouled so much. So the fact that he did not have zero personal fouls in 21 minutes of play in which we really needed him because Mooney, their big man, started getting busy from the three-point line in the second half and showing his versatility. And Mommy did a good job of being able to check in and switch on him and make it difficult on him to score. So that's great for Mommy. Um, next, we got Jack Salt. He was 2 or 4 from the field. He had three total rebounds and all three of his rebounds, actually offensive rebounds, four total points, uh, one turnover. Um, no personal fouls. He played just one minute behind Monte Diakite. He had 20 minutes on the floor. Cal uh, Guy, the Indianapolis native, 6'8 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. Very efficient, showing his rebounding prowess again. He had five rebounds, one offensive rebound, in which he had a putback. He had 15 total points in just 32 minutes, just one foul. Ty Jerome, you better call Ty Jerome. And he hit a bomb from Thailand this game. He was 6-10 from the field, 1-2 from the three-point stripe. He had nine rebounds, as we stated. Three fouls. He had two quick fouls in the first Well, I don't want to say quick foul, but he had two fouls in the first half. And you know how that can cut down on your minutes. He just played only 28 minutes. Kyle Guy played 32 minutes. He had six assists to zero turnovers, which is awesome for a point guard. Six assists, zero turnovers. I'm going to say it one more time because his name is Ty Jerome. Six assists, zero turnovers, and a steal in just 28 minutes of play. DeAndre, DeAndre the Hunter from Philly, Meek Millie, 9 to 15 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, 1 from 3 from the free throw line, which I don't like. I need him to always be at least 70 to 80%. Seven total rebounds, one offensive rebound. Just one foul, 19 
total points in just 30 minutes of play. Two assists, zero turnovers. Kihei Clark played 27 minutes. 4-9 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, 2 for 2 from the free throw line. One rebound, 12 points, one assist to no turnovers and one steal. He did a phenomenal job of demonstrating that he could get to the cup. You know, he could break down the defense. You know, a lot of teams are expecting him to drive and kick. So they're going to try to force Kihei to drive to the middle. But once he breaks contain, he gets to the baseline. It can be hell to pay. Now, don't get me wrong. If he get too deep in the baseline, they can swat a shot. I think when they swatted a shot, he actually got to the middle of the court. But anytime he's at the elbow and he can get to the baseline, that's when he's at his most dangerous because he's so quick. He can scoop it. He can jump, hop, stop, and get the ball up. Uh, but the one thing about him is if he's if he's hitting that three-pointer, um, the defense can't sag. They can't treat him like he's Ron John Rondo. So that's always a great sign of Kihei not being indecisive of taking an open three. That's what defenses want. They want to dare him to take shots. But if he's hitting them, now they have to extend out. And now it's pick your poison because when he's in the game, you have two snipers on the wing. You have the hunter at the free throw line extended. And if you have a Diakite or you have a Jay Huff or you got Jack Salt, especially if you have a Jay Huff who you could just throw it up, Diakite, you could just throw it up. Jack Salt, you know, he's not as athletic. But you just tell Jack Salt, come set that screen. He'd be like, that's not a knife. If he dies, he dies. And then he can roll and hopefully dunk on somebody. So um, I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Kihei and the fact that his wrist is becoming more healthy. He's demonstrating that aggressiveness that he showed earlier in the year. Um, Braxton Key played 17 minutes off the bench, two for six from the field. I really like Braxton Key, man. Six rebounds. Only had four total points, but he does so much. And I like it that he just, he'll just he just dunk on you. He got the keys, keys, keys. He'll just dunk on you. That's what I like about him. He'll give you one dribble and straight dunking on you in your face. Um, and then Jay Huff um, played just 10 minutes, had just two points. It was a, a you know, an offensive rebound dunk on everybody. He was just one of five from the field. Um, and, I, and I think with, with Jay Huff, it's not about, you know, when people say he needs to start for Jack. So I think Jay Huff is the guy that gets caught because Key is a Swiss Army knife. And Mom did Kite, the more he's on the court and not in foul trouble, he can do so much. And uh, the offense is so fluid and, and athletic that Jay Huff is a guy that gets caught in trying to take minutes from somebody because you want to insert in a Kihei Clark so you could play Jerome off the ball basically at the three and 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 uh Cal guy at the two. You have snipers on both wings. Now you got this dynamic mongoose breaking down the defense with his ability to penetrate. And then you have the athletic prowess, prowess of a hunter or a key or a Diakite. But then you know when Huff comes in, you can spread five out. So it's just all about it's not just taking minutes from Jack Salt, but who else is going to sacrifice minutes so Jay Huff can have more minutes? Um, because as you can see, if I go through minutes, Jack Salt played just 20, Kihei Clark played 27, and Braxton Key played 17. And the Florida game, and, and Kihei Clark stayed in in the mop-up, you know, the garbage time, as they say. But it's hard to take minutes away from Key because he's that glue guy. He's this year's Devin Hall, in a sense. So, um, definitely keep your eyes on Jay Huff. We hope we hope 
and are very hopeful that he gets increased playing time because he does so much for this team that we never really seen uh, with a guy of his size. You know, we never had a guy over seven feet that could shoot the three. Um, just, just fluid from the outside, then athletic enough to finish. Um, if you play zone, he could just sit on the block and just point to the sky and just tell you to throw it up. So he, he has that dynamite package. So um, that's why I'm excited. Just uh, every time I see Jay Huff come on the court, I'm not so much of he needs to play over somebody. We're just thankful that he comes in and he's efficient. Uh, for the game, the Wahoo shot 52% from the field, 44% from three. There we go. We shot over 40%. Welcome back, Cavaliers, to the three-point plush status. You shot over 40% from three. The past two games, you've been some trash can juice shooting from three. I'm not just talking about Duke, but, I mean, Virginia Tech, I know it's sporters because we shot almost 90% in the scene. But, it's, boy, even Wake Forest, we were trash can juice shooting for three. But this game right here, we were back to what we do. 8 of 18, 44%, 57% from the free throw line. Now, that's trash. We number one in the ACC shooting over 75%, I, I believe. 57%, no, sir. No, no, no. This is one of, this is one of them games where good is the enemy of great. When we looking at the tape, we like, uh, what is this I see? Four seven from the free throw line? You got to be more careful. We talking about DeAndre Hunter. You a lottery pick. You want a three from the free throw line, baby. No, no. You that's your favorite spot. You should never miss a free throw as many times as you face up triple jab, triple jab, triple threat, triple threat, and then you shoot that J in their face. I should never see you miss a free throw, because that's what you do. Now on the season, you shoot great from the free throw line, DeAndre. I don't want people getting the misconstrued. You shoot seventy eight percent. For the field, I mean, from the free throw line for the year. Ty Jerome shooting 74%. I need Ty to get around 80. Since anytime somebody can be a sniper from three, I need their free throw percentage to at least be at 80. You at 74%. I need I need more out of you, Ty. And I need to call you and get more. Uh, Kyle Gow in the season, he shoots 86%. Braxton Key shoots 80. Uh, Monty Diakite shoots 81% from the free throw line. Uh, Jay Huff shoots 70%. Kihei shoots 84%. We know Jack Salt, you know, that's not a knife. You know, we, we know he struggles 50%. We we know this. I mean, you can look at the shooting stroke and see it's going to be some struggles. He's strong out here. Um, but that's the Wahoos. As far as Notre Dame, we held them to 36% from the field, 27% from three. That's what we do. We pressure you. Um, they did start hitting some bombs. But it was just 3 or 14 in the second half, 5 or 15. They took a lot. So when they finally started hitting a couple in a row, you call a timeout. You tell them to hold down, sit down, calm down, sit down, hold on. You ain't going to keep hitting these threes. Um, so in the game, they were 8 of 29. So 29 of their 61 shots were three-pointers. And then, it, then they were just 3 of 8 from the free throw line. That's super-duper triple-A trash can juice. Not to shout out triple-A because shout out to my sponsor, Able Insurance. But they need some insurance shooting free throws like that. Uh, so, the, you know, the Wahoos held them to just 55 points. Um, just from what I – basically my analysis from the game is that the Wahoos were fluid. They played within themselves. They put the pressure on the Notre Dame team that's battling injury and youth. So they imposed their uh, maturity. Uh, Ty Jerome is just a floor general, understands time and place, understanding that I kind of have a feeling that we're trying to make sure Diakite gets rolling early because I think he's a front runner. He's a kid that if he scores early – 
and often. He's going to have a lot of energy. And when he's confident, he's very dangerous. And um, that's a kid you got to allow him to get some type of success. Even if it's an easy dunk or block, he needs some type of pat on the back reassurance that, yeah, you're a part of this game. Um, I love Cal Guy. You know, the split pin down that we do when he comes between Jack Salt and whoever to the right of Jack Salt and Jack Salt throw that shoulder into whoever checking cow guy and he get that shot, that three-point off the elbow. It's just a thing of beauty. And what more can you say about Ty Jerome or Kihei Clark and their ability to pass in the pocket? Any, I, I, I want to say even DeAndre Hunter, the ability to not only pass but pass in the pocket, meaning, to, meaning when you pass a ball to the guy coming off a screen, between the screens, they catch it in right in pocket to where they go straight up. They don't have to swing it, like swing the gates. They don't have to reset. They're not off balance. It's right in stride. Just like a quarterback anticipating you coming out of that slant and they throwing you a window before and you can just run through the catch. That's what that's that's coaching and that's just being fundamentally sound. So that goes back to Coach Bennett, man. Um what else did I want to talk about? Of course, the elephant in the room is always DeAndre Hunter. You know, is he prepared for the NBA? Should he return? To me, he's a bona fide NBA player right now. He he can play. He is the college football's Kawhi Leonard, the quiet assassin that smiles and and do and do you dirty. Um, he has that nice mid range in between game. He plays within himself. Not a lot of fancy dribbling. No wasted movement. He reminds me of Kawhi Leonard. If you see Kawhi Leonard play, you're going to see that's DeAndre. It's just DeAndre cut his hair down. You know, the 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 ability to catch, face you up, triple threat, give you a couple jabs, get you leaning and rocking. And then, and if, if you back up, he spray you. If you crowd, he throw it down. I was about to say another word, but that wasn't a rhyme right. But I, I really like DeAndre Hunter and – UVA fans, what we got to do is this. We got to stop trying to compare our draft lottery pick to the lottery pick that Duke has known as Zion Williamson. We have to stop doing that because people are like, oh, he's better than Zion. And it, and it's fun. It, it, it drives conversation. But I think a lot of times as a as a fan of the team and the player, if you're if you're being honest, like I'm an honest guy, so if if I say I think Zion's better, it it puts me in a tough spot because people are like, oh, you dissing DeAndre, man? Like you shouldn't diss. I'm not dissing DeAndre. I'm just saying we all know what Zion does. Is Zion a better overall? People all say overall, you know, because when they say, well, who's the better overall player? DeAndre definitely has more tools. He has better handles, better understanding because he has that mid range jumper and the three ball. But we all know the wow factor trumps all of that. It's it's just like when people talk about LeBron. Like, we all know LeBron jumper isn't the most comfortable jumper, you know. But LeBron is a playmaker. And that's what I think Zion demonstrates. He's a bona fide playmaker that's box office, that scares the hell out of you, even when he's on defense. Both play – DeAndre plays better perimeter defense. But Zion is asked to be a rim protector. Like, you got to understand what's being asked of – each player with each scheme. And that's what I always tell people. You got to pay attention to the schemes that players play in and what's asked of them. So that's what always comes up with the Michael Jordan and LeBron James when they talk about the GOAT. Well, LeBron does more. Look at the assists. Look at the rebounds. And I say, well, LeBron 
that's what's usually asked of him based off how his team is built. They asked LeBron and he asked that they asked him to do it for him to do everything. LeBron is the point guard. LeBron will go LeBron will go down and rebound, similar to what we do with Westbrook, right? Westbrook has 10 to 15 rebounds a game, it seems. And people always say he's stat pad. It's like, no. In basketball today, if you can get the ball into your playmaker's hand immediately and eliminate a pass, then as bigs, you box out and everybody kind of clears away for that playmaker to get that rebound as long as it's not a detriment. So when people say Westbrook stat pads, it's like, no, that's one less pass. Let him get the rebound and push it. And I and I think that's what we see with a Zion. You ever notice when Zion Williamson gets a rebound for Duke, they're automatically in transition. It's, it's similar to when Justin Winslow was there. You're automatically in transition, right? When a cow guy gets a rebound from us, even though he still looks for Jerome, well, let me take that back. If Ty Jerome gets a defensive rebound, we automatically in our set. Like, soon as he gets the ball, everybody runs and fills the lane, and we're automatically dangerous because our best playmaker has a ball in his hand. So, to, to, to bring everything back full circle, when somebody says, is DeAndre Hunter better overall player than Zion Williamson? My Responses: He he better be, he better be, he better have more. Put it like this: He better have more tools, cause he's been playing against better competition. He's older, so he better have more more tools. Like the 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 young rookie for the Dallas Mavericks, Duca, Luca Duca is what I call him. No, he better be performing at this level, in my opinion, because he's been playing against pros since he was young. And he got to learn on the spot. That's why I always tell folks this, that that's a prime example of what's the difference of developing in college or leaving early and developing amongst pros. You get those live bullets. So, yes, you may have your growing pains, but there's no experience like actual experience, like when you're in the fire. So we selfishly want DeAndre to stick around, but I selfishly want him to leave for himself because there's no better feeling than getting paid to improve people always harp on with justin anderson to the left justin anderson would have hurt his stock remaining at uva we gotta understand justin anderson was an elite athlete that struck while the iron was hot there was no way he was going to shoot the way he did from three-point land absolutely zero way you saw when he came back his percentages went down so he had to leave now he may be a journeyman right now right and people could be using that to the detriment to prove their point that, see, he should have stayed. And I say to them, why? He's still in the NBA. He's able to learn 24-7 around paid professionals without going to class. Yes, he can learn under Coach Bennett. Absolutely. But he's learning under the same folks who would be grading him. And depending on what team you go to and the scheme you go to, it's all about fits. Every player can't fit in every system. LeBron James fits in a LeBron James system. LeBron James, everywhere he go, they run a LeBron James offense. Look at every team he's played for. It's, hey, you're special. What you like to do? We're going to run off you. No different than Joe Harris. He got to Brooklyn. That scheme they got fits him. And the way the game is going fits a guy like Joe Harris. 
The way the game is going has allowed a guy like J.J. Ruddick to stick around long. The way the game is going right now, a guy like Ty Jerome will play in the NBA for 10 to 12 years and be a top role player that will give you viable minutes to where you're going to know when he's in the game and he's going to make a difference. Can you imagine a Ty Jerome and like a Dan Antonio offense where he could just break you down and use his vision and use his ability to shoot the three and get to the cut with the floater? Or you can see him in a in a Spurs type offense where it's very fluid. Anything with ball, it like, look, man, let me get off. Let me get off my soapbox. It's almost 30 minutes. I want to talk to you guys head off, man. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show. Um, the Wahoos next game is actually tomorrow. Today is Monday where I'm recording this and releasing this. They play tomorrow in Raleigh, North Carolina at 7 p.m. Versus NC State, who's 16-4-4-3 at, P- at PNC Arena. So make sure you cheer the Wahoos on tomorrow. I appreciate you guys for listening to the Soapbox Moment. I got a lot of emails about my thoughts on DeAndre Hunter and also Zion Williamson. Also, shout out to Chris West for the strangest question that nobody ever got the answer to about the Wahoos the last time the Wahoos had back-to-back games in which five guys scored uh, double figures. <laughs> he just kept saying Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. Rental spoons. But shout out to you, Chris, man. Shout out to the ACC Sports Talk on Facebook. Shout out to all the Facebook groups, UVA fans, Wahoo Nation. Um, all the support. And my man, Chris Wright at the Sabre. Salute to you, bro. You know I got much love for you and all my Wahoo fans. But that's all I got, man. Good the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do and keep serving that you know who juice i'm out i want the whole world spin my record Cheryl, the hoodie styles check game stay free records show the girl for the death and i'm massaging bad news even be massaging i got a city happy I be massaging Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging I got a speedboat constant cause I massage I coming through about a whole account of large I be massaging, I be massaged I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging Yeah, both of constantly massaging I got GPS, I be massaging I catch croaker fish cause I massaging I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging Put out the ghetto Cause I'm a sergeant. I got ice around my neck cause I'm a sergeant. A even gold chief, I'm a sergeant. A pinky ring iced out cause I'm a sergeant. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty two cents and be massaging. I take a penny and be massaging. I tell shorty girl fat, I be massaging. The big two. I be massaging, I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole shit road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a 12 gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late. I be massaging. I hit the poop all night cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole cheese, we massage. Bad new party constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Chateau Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game.
own how to get rich Take a penny And flip a penny Then 40 billion Huh? Why? I be massaging What? Car steering wheel I be massaging The whole The whole label Of the state free records In the VA oh, We be massaging Let's have a money shot Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.